With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. MAZ is an organization of marine aquarium hobbyists and societies dedicated to the education and preservation of the marine aquarium hobby. Welcome to Mazna Live, April 2016 edition. I am Chris Hensley, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Tom Lissiandra. This month on the show, we have the Marine Aquarium Hobbyist of the Year, Bradley Siphus. Bradley discusses what it means to him to be selected as the first ever Hobbyist of the Year, and gives us a walkthrough of his home system. Next up on the show this month, we have Jacob Shalibo with the Las Vegas Marine Aquarium Society to discuss their fifth annual Spring Bling Frag Swap. Finally, we have with us Jeff Sarwin of the San Diego Marine Aquarium Society, host of this year's MACNA event in his hometown of San Diego. Jeff will be giving us a little preview of what we can expect from this year's show and info on how we can all get there. Well, Chris, I'm really excited for this lineup of guests. Let's just jump right into it. Starting us off on this episode, we've got Bradley Siphus, who was the winner of the very first Marine Aquarium Hobbyist of the Year Award. Hello, Brad. Welcome to Mazda Live. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming to hang out with us, Brad. You bet. So that's a pretty big deal to be the first Marine Aquarium Hobbyist of the Year. How many years have you been in the hobby? It's. I was just thinking about it the other day. It's been 16 years now. Since I started Freshwater is when my wife bought me a 29-gallon tank for Christmas. And it's been, I had that for about four years, got bored with it, and so I decided to try saltwater. I had no idea what I was jumping into and had no clue of what I was doing, but just slowly learned over the years. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think (laughs) we all start in Freshwater. Yeah, it was a lot of reading and a lot of questions to the fish stores and then I found the club here in Salt Lake about a year into it, and they just went cold turkey over to the meeting and just loved it. Became pretty steady with the club for years, and then it's just evolved from 29 gallons to 335 gallons. So was your first tank a BioCube? No, it was just a rectangle um, 30 inches wide and 18 inches tall by 12 inches deep, I guess. I think you're the only person in the world who knows the dimensions for a 29-gallon rectangle. <laughs> and then it evolved when, after four years of that, I went 65-gallon tank and decided to try saltwater. And I was just doing a fish only and killing fish left and right. And then slowly, as I got more and more involved, I learned to take my time and everything and got involved with coral and it just mushroomed from there. Did you ever hit that PC stage that we all went through? Oh, yeah. PC, power compacts, then more power compacts, and finally T5s and then metal halides. Don't you wish you could have all that money back from lighting? Yes. All those bulbs, all those horrible fixtures. (laughs) 
those first set of LEDs that I got, which I spent so much money on, they just didn't cut it. So, Brad, can you tell us about your current system? Currently, right now, it's a 335-gallon, originally built by Limar, three-quarter inch glass, six foot long by three foot tall by 30 inches deep. I have a Deltec AP702 recirculating skimmer and then a Deltec PF601 calcium reactor. I also have a Corlin bio denitrator on it and then a fluidized reactor that I run Rofos in. Well, it originally was a Limar. Now it's been rebuilt twice. Really? Yes. Circulation-wise, I have a dark gold return and then three Vortex in it right now, MP40s, and uh, I just added two waves just three days ago. I saw you got a new pair of fish today as well. Yes, I did, and I'm excited because they're eating already. That's a good sign. How can anything not eat in that tank? Goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, let's delve a little more into that topic. What Can you tell us about the life in the tank? This go-around, the last two years, I decided to do wrasses, angels, and butterflies in it. That's I probably got, I guess, to be about 15 wrasses in there. Most of them flasher wrasses and leopard wrasses, a couple fairy wrasses, and then a couple of chorus wrasses. Butterflies, I have four zosters. Three of them yellow, one black. And then my angels, I have a scribbled angel, a gold flake, mass banded angel, and then a couple smaller pygmy angels. You don't see scribbles very often. Oh, and I have a heniocus butterfly and a tinker's butterfly on the way. I'm not used to people putting that many butterflies in a reef tank. These guys are all pretty safe. Is it a mixed reef? Yes. Well, I don't have any softies or mushrooms or anything like that. I have Duncans and a couple lobos but they seem to not bother them at all they'll pick at my sps a little bit but the sps is big enough now that it doesn't even bother it your tank looks like a coral version of new york city it grew fast i'm I'm amazed myself so you said this system is two years old what happened to the system beforehand well about five years ago i had a well i went from a 65 gallon tank and after three years of having the 65-gallon tank, I begged my wife to let me get a larger tank. And I was on Reef Central one day and noticed that Scott Fellman was selling his system down in Los Angeles. I asked her and asked her, and she finally said I could have it if I remodeled the kitchen. So I remodeled the kitchen, and we drove down to Los Angeles and picked it up, which was the stand here that I have now, and that was a 225-gallon acrylic tank the same dimensions as this tank here, except a foot smaller height-wise. I ran that for about four years to where the coral was growing up out of the water. I was uh, Reef Central's Tank of the Month in February of 2012. And then a good friend of mine here in town who runs a big maintenance shop here for saltwater had this tank in another house, but they decided they no longer wanted it. And so he talked me into buying it from him, and they came over. We took a window out of the basement, tore down my other tank that was chucked full of coral and probably 35 fish, took the acrylic tank off the stand, and when we took the platform off the metal or steel stand, my refugium light was hooked to the bottom of it. And it fell into my sump, and one of the kids picked it up and hurried and threw it over the center beam of my center steel frame. 
But when we put this new tank on, nobody removed the cord. And we had it all the way filled up, and it cracked the bottom of the tank. Oh. So we spent about six weeks down here in my basement tearing it apart and redoing it once I got the new bottom panel. Put it all back together, put the fish in that still were alive and some of the coral that was still alive. And for two years, it was doing great until December 2013. I was at work and my wife gave me a call in a panic saying my overflow was spilling over the side and I told her there's no way it could do that but she wouldn't believe me so I had her pull the main pump the power and then she realized it wasn't coming off my overflow but it was spraying out one of the seams on the side of my tank so I hurried home I called Randy who sold me the tank he met me here and my wife had filled up 30 gallons worth of uh, five gallon buckets already he came with a couple bar clamps and just closed the sides together and stopped the leak. And then I started cleaning up the mess. He went door and bought three more bar clamps. So we had five bar clamps on the side. We put all five of them on. I cleaned up. I went back to work. My wife went Christmas shopping. Randy went back to work. And an hour and a half later, I got the same kind of phone call again. But this time, my wife was in almost tears and complete panic because the tank, the back panel one of the bar clamps was too tight and fractured my back panel i only had about eight inches of water left in the tank so that was the second catastrophe god that's rough that time it was probably i had a foot and a half of snow outside and it was about 12 degrees out during the day and about 15 below at night randy came with help that night took it all apart he left his vans outside running because it was so cold and he was going to take all the live coral and fish to his shop where he had set up a whole bank of tanks for my livestock. It took about four hours to clean out the tank and I had probably 45, 50 fish, most of them anthias and wrasses that go around and some of them pretty spendy fish. But long story short, after six weeks, we rebuilt the tank again, and uh, I came home with only seven fish. And only no SPS left, and only, if, I think, a couple Duncan corals and my Gorgonian had survived. But other than that, everything's pretty new in my tank now. Oh, you're a real trooper. Most people would have dropped out of the hobby after that experience. Yeah, especially a second after having to replace a second pane of glass. My daughters had came over, and I basically broke down and just told them I was done. I couldn't do it again. I mean, I'm I was 55 years old, and I figured it'd take seven, eight years to rebuild it again, and I just didn't know if I could do it. But my wife was the one that talked me into it. She says, you love this hobby so much. I don't care what it costs to rebuild it. You're going to rebuild it. What does it mean to you to be the Marine Aquarium Hobbyist of the Year? I'm flattered and honored to be. It was total shock to me, but it was, I I don't know, I was speechless still. I love the, the hobby so much, and I, I try to help people as much as I can. It is a true honor to be recognized for it. We were in the Mazna annual meeting at the same time you were receiving the award, so we missed it. 
Is there anything you can share with us about the experience of getting the award at Washington? The only thing I can say is that my mouth was so dry I couldn't even talk. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty uh, speechless, and Terrence was asking me questions I can't even remember now, but I had it all videoed on my phone, and he he did a really great job, and it was it was a, a full house. There were probably 300 people in there. But it was fun. It was a great honor, and I had a great time, and it was it was just a blast. It's only my second Magna I've ever been to. I went went to the Denver one because it was close to Salt Lake, and I just drove over there, me and my wife, and we had a great time then. I've I've through this hobby and through my tank, I've uh, met a lot of lot of the speakers that come here to Salt Lake that speak to the club will come to my house to see my tank. And so I've met Joe Yaiello and Tony and uh, Scott Fellman, of course, and a lot of the Kevin Cohen, he's been here. So I knew a lot of people and it's just such a great time to go to Mac and see everybody again. I don't know many people who could say that they've had Joe Yaiello and uh, Scott Feldman both in their house. <laughs> yeah, and, San- and Sanjay's been here too, and Richard Ross. Gosh, that's like the ultimate speaker lineup, and you've been able to have them in your home looking at your tank in an awe. That's insane to me. Yeah, I've got pictures of uh, Richard up on a stepladder trying to steal frags. Well, you kind of led me up to a question we usually ask at the end of interview is, will we see you at Magna San Diego this year? Yes, you will. As soon as I came home from Washington, D.C., I bought my pass and made reservations at the hotel. I know I tried to hook up with you during the Washington show, but we both were so busy with conflicting schedules, it didn't happen. We're definitely going to have to hang out whenever San Diego comes through, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm already, it's only about six months away now, isn't it? Yeah, just about. When you discovered that you were uh, receiving this award, how did Neptune Systems notify you? It was it was crazy. It was about 3.30 in the afternoon, and I was on the seventh floor. I do... Uh, ceramic tile and not residential but big commercial jobs I was on the seventh floor and we were just cleaning up because it was the end of the day and Terrence called me and when I saw his name on my caller ID why is he calling me and he just says are you sitting down and I go no I'm actually walking down the stairs he says well you won and I go won what he says Hobbyist of the year, you're going to Washington, D.C. And he, I said, I didn't even realize I was even nominated. I, I thought they were nominating somebody else. He goes, nope, they nominated you, and it was pretty much a unanimous decision. You received the award. Pretty excited and pretty stoked, and ended up having my wife go with us, too. It's pretty great. Yes, it was. And I think it's a great idea for just the hobbyist to have an award set up like that. Yeah, and I've been asked many times why I don't do this for a living. And I said, why would I want to ruin my hobby? I learned that lesson a long time ago. What kind of advice do you have for anybody who's listening who is hopeful of winning this award in the future? Keep firm in your beliefs that you're doing it the way you want to do it. As long as it's working, don't change it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. Try to keep it simple. But I think the main thing most hobbyists get out of it or quit or because they want to have a great tank, but they want it right now. They don't know that it takes years for it to grow and flourish and become such a joy. It takes time. 
you obviously learned something from your years of doing this, though, because from seven year build or five year build up on the first system to two years now on this one, and the amount of growth you have is just phenomenal. So, I know it's it's. I'm looking at it right now, and stags have already to the top and about a half inch away from the top of the water, and that's in a three foot tank. It's crazy the growth in this one. I've always looked at fish tanks and like an old man. They don't like change, and they're not doing anything fast. Yeah, and it seems like the less attention I pay to the coral, the better it grows. If I try to fiddle with it and try new things, it doesn't work. Yeah, you definitely need to keep your hands out of the system. That's the best thing for them. True believer in uh, weekly water changes. So I'll do a 27-gallon water change every Saturday morning. I have to because I tried to do it every other week and it just ended up missing two, three, four weeks in a row. And I thought personally my coral suffered, my tank suffered. And when I went back a year and a half ago to every week, it's just made an amazing difference. I agree with you there. I've tried a bunch of different things, but I do a 20-gallon water change every Saturday. And I've always believed the solution is dilution. So you can throw 8 million different things at your tank, but a water change works wonders. So you've done just about everything, it seems, right now. What do you want to achieve next? Just to enjoy it. I Feasibly, there's no way I could go bigger unless I got a divorce. And um, <laughs> So I just want to enjoy this and watch it. I think the, the next hardest thing I'm going to have is trying to keep the coral from being too overgrown and growing into each other. And then I would need to keep it looking good and fresh. And that's going to be the toughest challenge for me is to keep it cut back enough that it doesn't just look like a big mess. And that's always been hardest for me. I just, I don't know what it is, but I put my hands in the tank and start cutting coral. I just shake like a leaf. Treat it like bonsai. <laughs> yeah, it's always been a problem for me to cut coral. I don't know if I'm afraid that the whole thing's going to come down on me or I just get too nervous with my hands in there. It's understandable. But I think that's the biggest challenge I've got coming up is just to keep coral from being overgrown. Well, I'm just curious, and I'm sure that most of our listeners are curious as well. Is there a place that we can actually go to see your tank? My videos are on YouTube. You can subscribe to that, but I'm not very good at videos. I just take them with my iPhone. The easiest place I always post a ton of pictures is on Facebook, as you probably already know. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. Every yeah. time I see a gorgeous tank, I'm like, oh, Brad's done something new. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, it's just so easy to post pictures on Facebook. It's just like I've strayed away from Reef Central. I've strayed away from Reef to Reef. But I still try and post pictures on them every now and then. Have you thought of opening up an Instagram account that people can follow you on? Yeah, and people have asked me to, and I should. I just need to look into it and figure it out, and then I, I'm sure I could. After winning that, how many new friends around the world have wanted to become friends to see my pictures? You want to go ahead and plug your YouTube account so people can find you there? It's just under Bradley J. Cyphus. Well, we've really enjoyed having a chat with you, Brad. I've learned a lot about keeping tanks. You answered some questions that I've had, and I'm really happy that we've gotten a chance to talk. Really heartfelt congratulations for winning. And I cannot think of somebody who I've met that was more deserving of the award than you were this year. Thank you. Appreciate it. And it was nice meeting you guys, and it was fun. For quality aquatic life, visit LiveAquaria.com, the industry's leader, offering a huge selection of fish, corals, and inverts. 
LiveAquaria.com is home of the famous Diver's Den, where you can find the largest selection of WYSIWYG available on the web. For your aquarium supplies, head to DoctorsFosterSmith.com. Check out the expanded selection of LEDs, skimmers, pumps, test kits, salt mixes, and more. DoctorsFosterSmith.com and LiveAquaria.com are your trusted source for all things aquatic. Welcome back. Our second guest is Jacob Schlebo from Las Vegas Marine Aquarium Society. Welcome, Jacob. Thank you. Jacob's here to talk about his upcoming event, the 5th Annual Spring Bling Coral Frag Swap in Las Vegas, Nevada. What can you tell us about the Las Vegas Marine Aquarium Society? It's still a fledgling group. It's a co-mingled group of young and old, new and veteran to the hobby as a whole. And it's taking a lot of the older generation that understand the group mentality and trying to incorporate those that are new into the hobby into that group mindset and introduce the group and committees and what people can do together instead of just buying and selling corals but being a community as a whole together in case somebody has a leak in their tank or somebody needs help with their tank, their setup, anything. Just trying to reintroduce the idea of, of a group as a whole to the city. Because cooperation is always a good thing with these. It makes it so much easier to keep a tank up and running if you have somebody else that you, they can, you can call in at emergencies. Agreed. This event is kind of near and dear to my heart because I was one of the two people that started it. So I would love to hear what you guys have planned for this year. I know it's going to be on May 7th and why don't you tell us the rest? It's going to be on May 7th, and for those of us that are kind of heading the group in the direction that we're going in now, it's our first dry run and our first attempt at putting together an actual event with vendors, dry goods, live goods, and we're actually going to have two different speakers, Mazna's own Paul Peschel and Richard Ross. Richard Ross. So hopefully... It'll be something that we can all learn from, that we can all experience as a community, and we can have raffles, have a fun time, and get the word out there about the group as a, as a whole or as a new entity, and bring us more into the light of what a club should be, should have, and will eventually grow to become. With us having 15 or so live good vendors, five or so dry good vendors, the two speakers, we'll have raffles at the event, we'll have meet and greets with people bringing in pictures of their tanks, asking questions. Last year we had around 325 plus people, people coming and going, of course, throughout the numbers, but hopefully this year we'll have around 375 to 400. We're advertising all the way out to Southern California, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, New Mexico, the surrounding areas around the Las Vegas Valley and Reno right now. Where is the event going to be this year? At Alexis Park. It's going to be at the same hotel that we had our co-event with Coral Farmers Market last year at 375 East Harmon Avenue in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the floor will be open from 10 till 3 the vendors will be showing up early to set up everything and tear down by four, but the floor will be open for 
our speakers and the people to come around, talk to the vendors, wheel and deal, and look at coral that doesn't normally come to the valley. Each different vendor has a different item or ZOAs or SPS, LPS that they specialize in, and we want to bring something else to the valley than what we normally see from our local fish stores. It's a lot of activity for four hours. Two speakers, how many did you say, over a dozen or about a dozen vendors? We're going to have hopefully around 20 vendors. Five dry good and hopefully 15 live goods. Kind of giving and taking. We're trying to bring back all the vendors that we had from the last years and give them the first dibs at the tables. If we have a couple more dry good vendors that are interested, then obviously we have a little bit of flexibility in which way that the tables go. Uh, we can have a couple more dry good, a couple less live good, and see how it goes for us. What can you tell us about the raffle? Is it going to be throughout the day, or is it going to be one big one at the end of the day? What, what's your plans on that? Our plans are to have different price values that you can pick and choose. Each item that we're going to be raffling off will be raffled off towards the end of the day, probably around 2.30, 2.45-ish. And you'll be able to choose a cup of that value of that ticket that you purchase and put your ticket in for whatever item it is that you are interested in. So we're not going to have a, a massive bowl and just raffle off random things. We want the people to be interested in that item to win that item. So say you buy a dollar ticket, you buy five of them. There's a thing of food, some other dry goods, some chemicals. You're not interested in the chemicals. You can put all your five tickets towards the food or vice versa. And for the higher dollar uh, value items, we have LRS food that has been donated to the group that will obviously go for a little bit higher of a dollar value. Is there a main price? That has yet to be announced. Okay, secret. I like that. So you mentioned that you have a little bit of flexibility with your booths and your tabling. Does that mean that you still have a couple of slots open? Yes, sir. How do people get in touch with you if they want to reserve a booth? They can either look me up on our Facebook group for facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Vegas Reefs, or they can go to lvmass.com and they can contact any one of the moderators that are listed on there, or myself, Jacob Shalibo, and hook you up with a booth. So let's talk about Alexis Park a little bit and how's the parking the parking is good. There's clear access to the venue of which we're actually going to be in. The room itself is laid out in a way that I particularly like for being able to move around in, inside of the room and uh, accessibility to both the front and back entrance of the room. So you said that you've got Paul and Rich coming to speak. Do you have any idea what their topics are going to be? I know that Paul's topic is going to be about the good, the bad, and the ugly of fish selection. That's or, a good one for Paul. I kind of run all my fish selections through Paul before I make a purchase. It's always good to have somebody for your Piscean intervention. Well, Paul is an interesting individual, one that... <laughs> even, <laughs> even at his age, and when you first meet him, he has these long elaborate names for everything that you think is made up but his personality and what he does for a living and his passion into 
our hobby as a whole rubs off on you and you start just taking in everything that he that he says because he's very very well read very well educated very well experienced in this hobby and he pretty much devotes his life to what he does and if you have a question you can feel free to ask him anything under the sun whether it's about fish sharks rays which he's I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's more infatuated with Ray's than he is with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paul. And We've had Paul on the show before. He did a whole thing on upcoming book. I'm spending the next three days basically nonstop with Paul. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm kind of really scared as to what it's going to do to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> those who don't know who we're talking about, it's Paul Peschel. Who is Mazna's membership director? Yeah, new to the job, doing great so far. And we both know that Richard Ross, because I helped you with that portion of the show, he's not divulged yet what he's going to speak on, so we'll have to wait and hear on that. So Rich is going to be a surprise. Rich will be a surprise, but it's Paul. pretty cool that Rich is coming to Vegas for a yeah, one afternoon. That's event. really great that Rich is coming for a small show like this. Usually, somebody of his caliber, you wouldn't think they would even consider it. So, we have a surprise from Rich. We've got an amazing Piscean intervention from Paul. I'm looking for another word that rhymes. Secret with. raffle, major raffle item. We got 20 vendors, great parking. Is there going to be food available? Unfortunately, the food won't be available in the venue, but food portion of the casino is right around the wall. You can get all the alcohol that you want from there. You can get all the food that you want from there. Real quickly, pitch the address. The hotel is Alexis Park. It's at 375 East Harmon Avenue, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89169. And the show date? May 7th from 10 till 3 p.m. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Head on out to Vegas. You haven't figured it out right now. All three of us are sitting in Las Vegas in the same room doing this interview with Jacob. And we'd love to have you come to town and visit us. And welcome back. With us right now, we have Jeff Sarwin of the San Diego Marine Aquarium Society. San Diego is hosting the annual MACNA event this year. For those of you who don't know, MACNA is the Marine Aquarium Conference of North America. If you have never been to a MACNA, I highly recommend that you guys show up. It is a great event, so you learn a lot. There's a lot of amazing vendors. There's a lot of amazing things to do. So congratulations to San Diego for winning MACNA this year. And welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, guys. So we know a little bit about MACNA. We've talked about it. Um, we know it is going to be in San Diego this year. Tell us exactly where and when are we going to be experiencing this amazing show. MACNA will be held September 9th through the 11th at the Town & Country Resort and Hotel in Mission Valley, which is pretty centrally located in San Diego. It's very, very close to downtown, very, very close to the airport, and very, very close to all the beaches here in San Diego. Beaches are always good. Tell everybody what we're going to expect from our standard three-day system with MACNA. So typically, the event starts on Friday. You have early entrance for MAZDA members. 
and then the trade show floor opens up for everybody around 10, 11 o'clock. Speakers begin uh, around the same time. You're going to be getting to experience some of the industry's top names Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday, we're going to have a reception, and this is actually going to be some pretty new uh, information. We haven't really released it on a large scale yet. We will be hosting our reception at the Broadway Pier at the Port Pavilion on San Diego Bay. For those of you who are familiar with San Diego, maybe some of you are not, the Port Pavilion is located literally on the water. It's right across from Coronado Island, which hosts the military there. You've got most of some of the bigger attractions to San Diego within walking distance from there. It's going to be a pretty special event. And then when we move on to Saturday, we have a formal banquet where there's going to be the awards banquet for the Mazna Aquarist of the Year. You'll also find out a little bit more information about the host club for 2017. That's a typical thing that you experience. And then Sunday, final wrap-up day for the actual trade show. But it's also one of the bigger days for the raffle. So a little bit of what's going on over the weekend. I definitely recommend that you come out. We're going to have a lot going on. And the raffle's a daily event, right? Yes, it is. We're going to have a raffle Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Will the raffle be once a day or twice a day? The raffle will be once a day, and they'll be held every day, Friday through Sunday. What can you tell uh, us about the hotel and venue? The hotel, like I said before, it's very centrally located in San Diego. It's one of the more historic hotels in San Diego. It's been around since the 1960s, and it's going to be actually going under renovations, and it's going under that right now. So that's going to be something we're also going to be looking forward to at the hotel. They're going to have new hotel rooms through most of the hotel. And then the hotel itself has the single largest convention space in San Diego outside of the convention center in the Grand Hall. Adjacent to it is going to be the Atlas Ballroom, which is going to be our overflow or secondary area for vendors to be. In years past, I know we've been able to buy raffle tickets online prior to the show starting. Are we going to be expecting something similar this year from you guys? Yes. They will go on sale probably in the next 30 to 60 days, but they will definitely be available for pre-sale. Jeff, traditional MACTAs have approximately 26 speakers. Where are you guys at this year? We're actually at 26 already, so we're all booked up. If you take a look at the speaker page on our website, uh, you can see pretty much all 26 of them right there. Do you have anything like they had last year with the roundtables? Yeah, we have a couple of roundtable discussions in the works. Uh, nothing is really finalized at this point. One of them is a fairly fluid topic, and that's going to be something revolving around like the ESA listing, coral, fish. I've been working closely with Rick Talbot on putting together something like that. It's going to be a pretty well-encompassing uh, roundtable talk. Where we're thinking of bringing in some people from not only just the aquarium industry, but also from the National Marine Fisheries Service, people from the CBD some of the different biologists and people that took part in the decisions that were made on these things. Like I said, it's a fairly fluid topic right now. We're in a little bit of a lull period when it comes to that kind of thing, but who knows between now and then things may change a little bit, but that's something that we're looking at doing. And then also we're going to be taking a look at maybe putting together some sort of marine breeding type talk. We're not quite sure how that one's going to play out quite yet either. These are kind of in the infancy stages of being planned. 
these roundtable discussions can be a little difficult to put together because of the number of people that need to be involved. So they'll probably wrap up a little bit more in the next 40 to 60 days, I think. They'll become a little bit more final. Will the speakers be running concurrently or back-to-back? So we'll have a little bit of a gap in between the two, so that way people aren't missing them. The roundtable definitely sounds interesting. It would be nice to see people from all those areas getting together to discuss one topic that's really on the forefront of a lot of our minds. Yes, absolutely. And it's something I myself have been uh, heavily involved with and paying attention to up until we started planning MACNA, of course. But, uh, you know, it's something I take a big interest in myself. So it's something I've been wanting to put together for MACNA. I think it's something that we should see more frequently at MACNA, too, going forward. That'd be great. Yeah, we all know planning something like this takes pretty much all of your free time. Yes, it certainly does. You and your team should be commended for the amount of time you put in there and the stress that it puts on your family life. It's just incredible what you guys have to go through to make this event happen. Yeah, it's a very time-consuming process. It takes up quite a bit of time, that's for sure. We're up for it, and we're looking forward to putting on a heck of an event. First Magnum was actually in 1998, uh, the last time it was out here on the West Coast. To compare it to what it was then to what it is now, I, it's it's complete night and day difference. But you've seen a very exponential growth over the last, especially five years, I think, since Orlando. So we're going into six years. Uh, it's certainly gotten larger and larger and larger and larger every year. Are you able to release any hints about some of the special events we're going to expect? I know you said that you have something really special planned for the uh, Friday night reception. I don't have too many details to give out at this point. I do know we're going to have a live band there. It's going to be kind of a Beach Boys style band. That'll be kind of fun. I think their name is Woody and the Longboards. It's kind of a stereotypical Southern California Beach Boy band name, but uh, should be quite a bit of fun. It'll be a little bit different than what we've had in the past. For those of you who don't know, the branding for this year's Machina is very Beach Boys-esque. It's kind of amazing. While we're talking about California, I'd like to bring up some of the things San Diego has to offer people when they're not at Machina. What would you recommend to somebody who's coming to San Diego to do with their families when they're not at Machina? So some of the things I would suggest would be taking a trip to the San Diego Zoo. is also a very good choice. We have one of the best zoos in the country. We also have a public aquarium that could be visited. And then when it comes to family-type activities, you've got Balboa Park, you've got museums and things like that down there, you've got the beach. Like I mentioned earlier, it's very close. They're all pretty family-orientated. I know a lot of people think of the beach maybe not necessarily being family-orientated, but the city of San Diego has done a pretty good job to make sure that our beaches are are family friendly so plus you have the bay too which is also a nice place if you want to get away from the heavy waves yeah if you want to spend some time out on the water the san diego bay is a great choice it's well protected and you get to get pretty close to some of the the naval vessels that call san diego bay home you can get very close to the san diego skyline from the bay so that'd be a great idea there's there's definitely ways that you can rent boats and things like that to spend some time out in the water while you're here. I know I'm personally excited to go hit the museum district and go visit the uh, Japanese gardens again. Yeah, we've got some some pretty cool stuff like that down uh, in Balboa Park, especially. We've got the Natural History Museum. Uh, we've got the Aerospace Museum. We've got, I mean, and go on and on. There's a lot of museums down there. Plus, there's a lot of really good food and a lot of really good breweries in the San Diego area as well for the adults. 
Yes, that is for sure. We are definitely known for our Mexican food. We have quite a wide range of choices. We're our proximity to Mexico. You've heard about our, our famous California burritos. That's something you definitely want to try and experience. And then uh, when it comes to breweries, I've lost count of how many we have. There are probably in the, I would say it's in the hundreds at this point. So there is absolutely no shortage of amazing beer to be had here in San Diego. You mentioned the public aquarium. Were you talking about Scripps or is there one I've missed? No, that's Scripps. It's, uh, it's the Scripps Aquarium. It's actually called Birch Aquarium. I Correct. apologize. Yeah. We are fairly close, I would say, to the Long Beach Aquarium. It's probably about an hour, hour and a half drive. I don't know if that's something people will be wanting to do, but if they're flying it maybe to LAX or something like that and then taking a, a drive down to San Diego, they might want to consider something like that on the way down. If somebody wanted to pop down to Mexico, is that possible? Yeah, it is possible, but you need a passport. Uh, you can either use the standard book passport or you can use the card passport that gets you in and out of Mexico and Canada. But you do need to be prepared for a little bit of a wait getting down there and coming back. I've always heard that the zoo in San Diego is a two-day experience. It's a very large zoo. Uh, I actually used to work there, so I'm quite familiar with the zoo. It's, it is a large property, and I certainly would recommend taking a couple of days to experience the whole place. I definitely recommend if you're into photography, we get some of the most amazing sunsets in the country, obviously, with uh, the beach there. You get the pretty iconic sunsets over the over the ocean. And then we have a pretty beautiful downtown area and skyline that can be photographed as well. And then, of course, if you're traveling around any of the museums in Balboa Park or you take a, a stroll through Old Town, a lot of that stuff is very photogenic. So definitely suggest bringing out some camera gear if you're into that. Let's swing back to Magna a little bit. Sure. What are the current prices for the tickets, and what tickets are available at this time? Right now, the full conference passes are available, and then we also have some of the other passes that are a little less common for spouses that maybe aren't necessarily interested in the trade show aspect of it, but they want to attend the banquet or just the reception. So we have banquet passes and reception passes available as well. We have those available for both kids and adults. The full conference pass right now is at 129 and that price won't be there for much longer. It's going to be going up to 149 here in the next eight days. So it's April 17th is when the price is going to go up. Jeff, we spent some time at Max this weekend, and one of the big questions that we had was about children getting into the show. Can you explain how that works? Absolutely. So anyone under the age of 17 is going to get free admittance to the show. That gets them into the trade show and into the speakers. As I mentioned a few moments ago, we do have passes available if you do want to bring your child to either the banquet or the reception. They will need an extra pass for that. For obviously, the free admittance doesn't get them into the banquet and the reception. Going back to the hotel for a minute, can you give us an idea of what we can expect for room rates for people wanting to come down? Yeah, absolutely. Right now we have a rate of 134 and there will be no extra fee on top of that, like a resort fee. And we also have a very, very special parking rate. It's only going to be $5 a day, which is pretty That's unheard incredible. of. For parking at, yeah, for parking at a hotel anywhere, it's always expensive. We were able to negotiate a parking rate down to $5 a day. I'm used to San Diego, $35, $40 a night, so $5 is incredible. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you come down during the summertime and you want to spend time at a hotel, that's what you're going to be paying $25, $30 a night for parking. So. What's the window of availability for that rate for us? We have a very long ring block. So that's something that people are going to want to take advantage of because the room rates and occupancy rates here in Southern California during this time of year are nearly 97%. So if you can get a room for $134 a night in San Diego, you're definitely going to want to take advantage of it. It starts September 2nd and runs all the way to September 14th. So I have to take a look at a calendar here to give you the exact days of the week, but that's a very long room block. That's 12 days. Yeah, typically the room blocks don't run that long at Magna, so we were again able to negotiate it in a pretty long room block. So the second is a Friday. It's the Friday before the event, and the 14th is the Wednesday after. So if you want to come in early and experience some of the things that we talked about that are unique to San Diego, this is definitely a good opportunity to take advantage of that because $134 for a hotel that is of the quality of the hotel that we have, it's pretty unheard of. That's an incredible opportunity to take a vacation at a decent rate, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you try and get a hotel here in San Diego during that time of year, you're probably going to be paying somewhere between three and $400 a night, if not more. Been there, done that. I'm lucky. I just live here. I mean, I have to pay rent and everything, which is inflated, but... Don't say that. You're going to have people knocking on your door asking to board with you. Uh, I'll be staying at the hotel the whole week, so they can't board with me anyways. I think even for some of the folks that might be planning on coming down from L.A., I would book a hotel. You're looking at pretty decent commute back and forth, and for the $134 a night, I think it's worth it to maybe get a little mini vacation out of it so you don't have to drive up and back every day. With the vehicles a lot of the people in L.A. drive and the gas prices in L.A. drive, you're almost spending that just in gas. Yeah, we're, we're just below three bucks a gallon still, so it's a pricey trip. How does the hotel look for room availability at this point? Are you guys close to running out, and is there an overflow hotel available? Yes, on both accounts. We are, I want to say, about two-thirds of the way full on our room block, and anticipation of a pretty well-attended event, we definitely set up overflow hotel rooms poorly. So that will be a pretty seamless transition uh, for anybody that's wanting to come. There won't be any kind of wait to book hotel rooms once the primary hotel fills up. Will the town and country handle the overflow hotel, or is, will that be announced somewhere? It'll be announced. It's a hotel that's within walking distance of the town and country. So it won't be handled by the hotel, the current hotel. So for a quick recap, September 9th through the 11th, San Diego, Macna. Book now for the Town & Country Hotel, 134 a night for basically a week and a half of absolutely gorgeous San Diego fall weather. Tons of things to do, both at the show and around the area. Come down, say hi, hang out, have fun, and prepare to have your mind blown. Well, I'm excited. Five months away, and I get to drive this year. I don't have to fly to a Macna. It's 18 years since it's been out here on the West Coast, so... There's a lot of excitement out here for it. I know people as close as you know, here in town, all the way out to places like Nevada, where you're at, Tom. Heck, even Texas, where you're at, Chris. And then 
some of the other surrounding states like Arizona. People from those areas are pretty excited about being able to drive. I've been seeing a lot of traffic from Utah people wanted to drive up as well. So Yeah, we spent some time out there at the Mountain West Reef Fest. There were a lot of folks there that were excited when we went back there. I think that was in September. It's been a little while. We saw some folks out there that were excited to come to San Diego. Can't blame them. You know, it gets cold out there in the winter up in Salt Lake City. So. Jeff and I will be at Reefapalooza Orlando April 23rd and 24th. And then Dave Morris from the San Diego organization and I will be at Las Vegas Spring Bling on May 7th. So if you're looking for an opportunity to buy the tickets in person instead of online, those are the two next events that I'm aware of that will be available. Is there any others, Jeff? Yeah, I think we'll be heading up to Reefapalooza in New York. That's in June, and I want to say that's probably going to be the last trade show that we're at. There aren't too many between June and September, so I think those are going to be the next two opportunities to purchase tickets in person if you want. And don't forget, you buy your ticket in person, you get a free t-shirt. I never got my shirt this weekend, Jeff. You forgot, man. I'll get you one. I'll get you one, don't worry. Just hold one for me. All right, Jeff, well, thank you for coming in and telling us all about our event for this year. Again, that is Magna 2016 in San Diego, September 9th through the 11th. Town and Country Hotel, San Diego, California. Uh, We hope to see everybody there. Jeff's going to be there. Everyone come out and say hi to him. Say hi to Dave. Thank them for putting on this amazing show for us. It's a lot of work that goes often unthanked and unnoticed by a lot of people. You really don't realize what kind of work you're in on this until you see it up close and personal. And we are extremely thankful for San Diego and everybody who's taken part in helping with this to make sure that this runs. It takes thousands of man hours. It takes several people, both on the club and volunteer. And without all of that work we would not be able to bring these shows to you so again thank you jeff thank you dave thank you everybody else who's helping you guys with all of this we are all extremely appreciative hey you're welcome we appreciate being recognized for it for sure it is a big undertaking uh, like i said before but we're definitely up to the task and we're looking forward to putting on one heck of an event for you guys and we look forward to experiencing it thank you for coming on masna live jeff we appreciate your time You're welcome, guys. Well, Chris, that was a great set of interviews. We learned a lot about how Bradley was able to overcome his own set of disasters and reach new heights with his reef keeping, something we could all use to keep us going at times. Plus, lots of great info on some great shows coming up in the next several months. That's right, Tom. And don't forget, guys, go and catch Traveling Tom at one of his many personal appearances over the next few months at some of the shows happening in your area. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to the April 2016 Mazna Live and watch for the May 2016 episode coming soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... 
The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.